Well, I get to launch out into our theme. If you recall back in February, we gave a, a theme for the front of this year and we used the word open, or we could say the phrase, we're open. Have you ever been to a, a shop that had one of those little signs that you flip around and then it's on the front door on the glass and it says open or closed? But I like the ones that say, yes, we're open with an exclamation mark. I, can, I think that's the attitude we ought to have in our hearts. Yes, I'm open. Enthusiastic like Andrew is there, everyone. <laughs> I think that we just need to have a release from the whole feeling of clothes that this last year has imposed upon us that for very necessary essential reasons. But it also, as I've mentioned many times, it gets down in your soul. And so we just need to break free of that and say, I am open. I am open. We are open. I think it actually might be a good exercise for to you to think through or if you journal to write in your journal. Use the words, I am open, and then complete the sentence. What are you open to? Are, are you open to listen to the voice of the Holy Spirit? Um, are you open to God correcting you and instructing your heart? Maybe I am open to honest feedback from my friends to, to hear what I need to hear. Or I am open to share my life. I am open to new relationships and friendships. Just what would you say for you right now? What are you open to? That's a, that's a whole, that's free. You can do that. But what I, I want to talk about today is something that is along these lines of this fresh fragrance of heaven, this fresh wind of the Holy Spirit, and it is the phrase, I am open to change. Open to change. And you know the, the, the little quip that we say about the only people that like change are babies with dirty nappies. But change is an important part of life. And as we progress into the message today, we'll see that change is an important part of our spiritual life and development as well. Some changes are invigorating. They give us energy. You paint the walls and change the color of the lounge room, and it's, it's a great change. We go for sea changes, and we go for tree changes and those types of things. I enjoy the changing of the seasons here in Australia. <clears throat> but then there are bigger kind of changes, the kind that encompass all of our lives. Um, there was a big change for our family when we immigrated to Australia 34 years ago. And even though we came from one Western nation to another, there were a lot of changes. And a lot of the little changes amassed to really big changes, like um, I now had to learn how to drive on the left-hand side of the road. That was like, you know, I wasn't safe for a while. I was a hazard for other people, I could tell you the truth. It wasn't them, it was certainly me. Um, I had to understand learned to understand the metric system. I understood decimal currency, but I didn't understand the metric system. I had to learn how to speak in such a way that I could actually be understood by other people. <laughs> I had to learn about all the holidays, the bank closures. I'd rock up to the bank. That was before ATMs. And like, what? It's closed again? Why is it closed? What does that mean? What is a bank holiday? I didn't understand Easter was four days long. I didn't understand Christmas was like three days long. I did, it just, how was I supposed to know? And all these changes, it was like, I don't know. I, I just had left my comfort zone, and I wanted many times to just retreat back and go back to what I knew that was so familiar. And I did not enjoy that kind of change. 
And 2020 was a season of change for absolutely everybody all around the planet, wasn't it? Massive changes for us. And we've been told to prepare for our, our new normal, which means more changes, doesn't it? <laughs> so change. We need to be open to change because change is a part of life. Now, there's two types of changes. There's external changes and there's internal changes. Sometimes external changes come and we feel like our circumstances have just gone out of control. And you might even say, I feel like my life has gone out of control. Sometimes those changes can happen suddenly, like lockdown. Remember that a month ago? I remember we were meeting here, like this would be to the week. We had church and then the next week it was like, maybe not. And then two weeks into it was like no one, no one in the church, no one in the car park, no one in the auditorium. It was the strangest thing in my life. I wandered around here and then they got locked down, got further. And it was like only two people in the auditorium. So I had to stay home. <laughs> it was just such a sudden change that, that we went to that I really, I didn't enjoy with that. Sometimes changes happen to, to you. Uh, by other circumstances or other people. A change can come that you don't agree with. And you could say, I didn't sign up for that. That might be something you say. Um, things change that happen around you. You might say, the world isn't like it used to be. I don't like the change that has come. And some people struggle so much with change that it absolutely upsets their equilibrium and they just don't know what to do. So they shut down, they retreat, they hide, they move to the side of the road and just stop going forward in motion at all. And so that can be some really negative effects of external change, but they can be some positive change, uh, effects of external change as well. They you can actually use this as a catalyst for something positive. It may force you to move forward when you don't want to, but you do anyway. It might help you to see new opportunities that come and embrace that change. It could help you uh, find a place of fresh humility because life isn't what it was supposed to be. It hasn't turned out like you want it to be, so now what? Do I fight and fret and despair or do I just go, okay, I'm going to humble my heart before God and see what he can do here. It helps us to see beyond the things that are temporary and put our eyes on the things that are eternal. It helps us to live intentionally and cherish the people that are around us, cherish the moments that we have of this life, and overall cause us to become more grateful because we can't really count on anything on this earth, can we? So you have a new perspective to external change, and it might help. Also, we need to learn how to respond to change, and we need to learn how to actually respond rather than react. And respond means to wait a couple beats, draw a breath, think, have a response that is a grace-filled response. Some people see change as a threat, and in some circumstances, it actually is a threat. So what do you do? How do you respond in that kind of situation? That is something that requires God's grace and wisdom to help us form that response. We, learn, we need to learn how to process change. We need to learn not to fear change, or actually even resent change. Now, that's saying a mouthful right there, isn't it? Because it's so easy to say and harder to do. But let me just say, it's a process. And that you can work through that process by the grace of God. But then moving from external change to internal change. This is where things really do start happening. Um, 
internal change is so liberating because you actually do have control in that situation. Life is not out, under, out of control. It's actually like, I could do something about this. I could make a choice. I could make a decision. It's when an individual exercises their free will and decides to make those positive changes that begin within themselves. And you can control the situation as much as is humanly possible, right? Because there are just some things that maybe we can't do. But if we make changes inside, they'll benefit ourselves and they'll benefit everyone around us. It might be a change in the way you think. It may be a change in the attitudes that you have. It might be controlling your tongue and the words that you say, uh, or these days, the words you type <laughs> or text. <laughs> you know, make some changes there. Uh, and if we don't make changes, if we don't really want to move forward in our life, we might fall into something uh, termed complacency. What is complacency? It's being self-satisfied, not necessarily in a positive way. It's just like, I'm okay the way I am. I don't need to change anything. And even though you might be getting signals from the people around you that things need to change, you don't care. Because I'm just happy being how I am. I'm not going to be bothered. There's no need for self-improvement here. I don't have to change. And if we move into complacency, sometimes it could also be apathy, even a, a lethargy, no energy, nothing, nothing that you want to go forward in. It can also come from a false belief that things will never change. They will always be the same. You may believe, have a false belief in that area that things just will be as they are and a resignation to live in that way. And joy is absent from a life like that. And hope is absent from a life like that. And so we need to be open to change. Say in your heart with me, I am open to change. Maybe you want to say it out loud. We are meant to grow. We are meant to adapt. We are meant to move forward. But as Christians, this is what I really want to talk about. There's something beyond external, internal change. Because you could find this on any self-help website or good book, what I just told you. But to the Christian, there's, there's something available to us that's a higher level. And that is the power of transformation by the Holy Spirit within our lives. Now, that's power. That's coming to a place where true life-lasting life lasting change can come. It's available to everyone who is a follower and a believer of Jesus Christ, who has come to him for salvation. That He's your Savior. He's the Lord of your life. And he wants to produce change within you. You know, there's another old saying that says, God loves me just like I am. And that is true. But God loves you so much that he won't leave you just as you are. He will bring change into your life. Would you agree with me? We all need to have change. I am open to change. Amen. So this change is a supernatural work of the Holy Spirit, but it requires our human cooperation. We, we can't change ourselves, but we can cooperate with the Holy Spirit who changes us and takes us through that process of transformation. And we got to get this right. We need to understand that it's God at work within us. Otherwise, we can turn our Christian walk into some sort of religious exercise of self-improvement. And that's not what it is at all. It's being transformed into the image of Jesus Christ, exhibiting Jesus Christ to the world so his character can be seen in us, so his power can work through us, so that he can touch this world through us. This is a big deal. 
And it begins with the new birth. And you remember the story of Nicodemus, the Pharisee, who came to Jesus by night and, and asked him about the things that he had been teaching. And Jesus turned around and said to him, you have to be born again from above. And this was so confusing to a man who was such a scholar, so learned in the scriptures, and, and he'd never heard anything like that. And Jesus told him that this is beyond the natural human birth. This is a birth by God. John 3, verses 6 and 7. Whatever is born of flesh is flesh, and whatever is born of the spirit is spirit. Do not be amazed that I told you that you must be born again. That's the moment when transformation begins for each one of us that will receive Jesus Christ as Savior and be born again of the Spirit. Our parents, they gave us life. They gave us this human life that we can touch. But God gives us this spiritual life. And, you know, we hear this so often. And if you've been a Christian for many years, you know this. This is true. But if we could pause for just a moment and say, what a miracle that is. That's the most amazing miracle that any of us will ever experience is the new birth of going from death to life, from going from only our human life to eternal life with God. That's an amazing miracle. And, you know, I think we need to cherish it and realize what lives inside of us. What is not, this is not external to us. This is within us. And, boy, that's where change happens. 2 Corinthians 5.17, a favorite verse of ours. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now that's change. That's transformative change. All things have become new. You know, I, I love that fact that we each can have a new start in God. And, you know, I was saved at the age of 15. But by 15, I had plenty of old things I was glad to be rid of. I really did. There were already many regrets. And there's another saying that says, when we change, things change. And I could tell you, I changed. And uh, I've told my testimony, but my dad was sick for a number of years. He had uh, not only a physical breakdown, but an emotional, mental breakdown. And we just were plunged into a very difficult life, my mother and I, and, and we had, you know, really living on poverty level and just striving and struggling to to live, and I resented my dad. I resented him being sick. I resented him not being what he was, and so that turned in the wrong direction, and I just became this rebellious, difficult teenager that was sneaking around, doing things I shouldn't be doing, and definitely not respectful of my dad because I just was so resentful of him, but I got saved. I got born again. I got a new nature that came inside of me, and I changed, and things began to change at home. And I began to love my dad and to respect him. And I began to honor my mother and help her and feel for her and all the burden that she was carrying. And, you know, a miracle happened in our house. My dad started to get well. And, and he changed. And pretty soon he could drive his car. And, and pretty soon he was starting to look for work. And, and he got better. And eventually both my parents came to faith in Jesus. I changed. And things changed. So what needs to change around you? Maybe we need to allow some changes to come into our own lives. So maybe you have experienced the miracle of salvation. Now what is changing in you right now? What is God doing in your life right now? What do you desire God to do in your life right now? It may be a while since you've ever considered that question. Philippians chapter 2 verse 13 says, 
For it is God who works in you both to will and to do for his good pleasure. There's two things here. Change occurs because God is at work in our hearts. And so God wants to work in your heart. He already is at work in your heart. And we need to pay attention to that. And how do we know he's at work? Because he prompts us in our heart. You might just feel this little niggle within, just this little reminder of, mm, that doesn't feel right. Well, maybe something needs to change here. Do you know what you need to do? You need to respond to those promptings of the Holy Spirit. And it is that God, it says in the scripture, he works in you both to will and to do his good pleasure. So not only does he work in you and prompt you, but he gives you the power. He gives you the power to change, to do that. So we can ex- apply this whole external, internal thought process to what I'm saying now. And as I was writing this, I began to feel a conviction from the Holy Spirit that I treat sometimes what I know in my head and what I actually feel in my heart towards God are two different things. And maybe you can identify with this. Because sometimes I treat God like he's this external force out there that has influence over my life to whom I am responsible to. And I don't really consider that he is the God who lives in here who is both working and willing to do his good pleasure in me. So God isn't this faraway force out there. He is the personal Savior living inside of your heart. He is the Holy Spirit empowering you to experience that change. It's wonderful. He's not outside. He's within us. He speaks to us. He leads us. He corrects us. And he's not the God who's afar off. He's the God who is near So what is God speaking to you about right now? What is he prompting to do? Is there an attitude, a false mindset, a false belief, a false concept of God, like we talk about on our encounters, that we'll be back soon? And a thousand other things that we could mention here God will speak to us about. So how does this spiritual life transformation happen? Let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and read. Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies As a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God, this is your spiritual worship. How do we experience this transformative power of God? Number one, this is something that we're going to do over and over again. It's not a one-off thing. And we do this by, first of all, presenting ourselves to God. That's what Paul wrote to the Romans. Present yourself to God. And in presenting ourselves to God, this is how we present first of all, is we respond to God. If God is speaking to you, speaking in your heart, then you need to respond to the Holy Spirit. You need to reflect upon what he's saying to you today. You might notice when you open your Bible and you read that a certain theme or a thought continues to pop out. And there's a hint right there, open Open your Bible, (laughs) because that's the best way to hear him speak, is to read his word and listen to what he has to say. Similar thought might come up in a conversation or maybe a podcast that you're listening to. God will speak to you. And I think most, by and large, many here, most here would have experienced that he just speaks to your heart. You just know it, right? You know, God is speaking to me. And I heard his voice, and that's what we do. When he speaks, we listen. And he will place his spotlight on things that he wants to change, things that are maybe hindering us and 
keeping us back from making the progress, things that might even be hurting us or hurting others in our lives. So the first thing is to respond. The second thing is to repent. That's a beautiful word. Repent is a beautiful word. I, I know in ages past it's been, you know, the angry prophetic person with the crooked little finger pointing at you saying, repent. But it's a beautiful word. Repent means to, it's, it's, it means to change your direction entirely. It's a 180. It's an about face. It's turning from going your way to go God's way. Repentance is the gateway to transformation. And we don't want to skip this step or just gloss over it. It's, it's acknowledging to God that there's a necessity for change. And if there's sin involved, not always is it sin, but if there is sin involved, it's the opportunity to forsake the sin and leave it behind you. It's the space to genuinely be sorry before God. Repentance is not emotionally beating up on yourself and dragging yourself down and like you just being miserable. Repent to repent is to be like the prodigal son who ran home to his father. He said, I will return to my father's house. He knew there would be a welcome there for him. Even though he didn't feel worthy, he knew there would be a welcome there for him. And that's exactly the, the way that we need to think about God. And if we let repentance work in our lives, it marks us. It does something really deep within us that brings about that lasting change. It's leaving something behind to go to, towards God. And then the next thing that we do uh, in our response to God is that we surrender. We surrender to him. To surrender means to relinquish control of our life. Uh, it's to live out the fact that Jesus Christ truly is my Lord. He is my master. He's my savior, yes, but he's my master. And as such, I need to bring my life under his authority for whatever he wants. If you sense right now this um, uncomfortable spiritual tension between you and God, it might mean that you need to come to a place of fresh surrender before him and just let it go. Just let go whatever you're trying to hang on to, whatever thing that you've got a grip on and go, God, I just surrender. I'm yours. My life is not my own. I've been bought with a precious price. And then we move on to uh, this phrase, a living sacrifice that we find in Romans 12.1. A living sacrifice. Uh, Therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, I urge you to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your spiritual worship. You know, the readers of Paul's letter understood what sacrifices were. And, of course, they were animals whose lives were taken and, and a sacrifice both in the Jewish temple or in the pagan deities. Those were to atone or to appease a, a, a deity. When we offer ourselves to God as living sacrifice, there's no atonement necessary. The price has been paid through Jesus Christ. When we offer ourselves to God as living sacrifices, that means we bring God our best. Every single day, we bring him our life. The scripture says, holy and pleasing to God. Something that is holy has been set apart for his purposes. And so when we present ourselves a living sacrifice, we set ourselves apart for God. We say, I'm not, it's not up to me to live life as I want to do. I set myself apart for you. You know, every single day I make a to-do list so I don't forget the things I need to do. I reckon that the top of that list should be, I set myself apart for God today. That's the most important thing. Can I have the team come up here? We're going to finish in just a moment. 
And then we move on to Romans 12, 2, that says, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. Don't be conformed to this age. Do you know, every age and stage upon the earth, as long as there has been sin in the world, there's been something that we would, by default, conform to. And what the world was in Paul's day, uh, the conditions, there were things that you did not want to, you would not be living a holy life if you conformed to them. And we live today in a world where our culture seems to be more pressuring us to conform. You know, there's a thing called social influencers. Have you heard of them? They've got a million followers on Facebook or Instagram or something like that. And their sole role in life is to influence. I don't know you know, what they contribute. You don't know anything of that person's conduct or character except what they show you in pictures online, and they're influencing a generation. How, how dangerous is that? Well, we don't want to be conformed to this world. We want to be transformed, and, and we don't want to be caught up in that. So to be transformed is that beautiful word metamorpho, or we get our word metamorphosis, where a butterfly comes from a caterpillar, been totally changed from one creature into another, and we can be transformed as we renew our mind in the Word of God. And we need to move beyond just reading the Word of God. We need to get it in us. And we do that by read, what we read, we begin to think about and meditate. And the Bible calls that uh, meditation to actually be like a cow chews its cud and over and over and over again, chew on it, apply it. How does this apply to my life? What am I supposed to do? How do I respond to that? When we begin to read God's word like that, it begins to transform our lives. You might need to memorize it or do some other thing to, to get it there. And if you do, if you fill your mind with the thoughts of God, it's going to have a transformative effect on your life. And be careful what you listen to. What is the percentage of, you know, like something I felt convicted about in this last year and even in these last weeks is how much news do I read as opposed to how much word and good news do I read? You know, because the, the percentage is sometimes way too heavy on the other end. And then my mind is filled with that and then I get upset and I always have an opinion about everything. So then I express that and, and what's coming out of my mouth? Oh, I don't like that. No, this and you know. Well, <laughs> got to cut back, got to fill up, got to renew our minds. That's what we need to do. Let's stand to our feet. Transformation is an activity of the Holy Spirit that you can participate in. God has something he wants to do in your life and he wants to change. I feel a stirring in my spirit and I know many others have felt that same stirring that we do need a fresh wind of the Holy Spirit. We do need a fresh touch of heaven on our lives. And there is this groundswell of people saying, I just want to get on with life. And I want to get on with living for Jesus. And I want to grow and I want to go forward. Well, today's the day that we'll make some decisions. I want to pray. Then we'll sing this song. And I want you to just reach out to God and and worship him, this fresh wind song. And then Stu's going to come up as we conclude. Father, thank you for today. Thank you, Father, for this great company of people that are here in house and online. Thank you, Father, that your word is so alive and so powerful to us. Thank you, Lord, that you correct us and that you bring us back to the paths of righteousness for your name's sake. And I pray today for every individual 
that hears these words today, that Lord, wherever you're prompting them, where they sense your spirit tugging on their heart, where you want to bring transformative life change, that Lord, they would respond, that they would hear the voice of the Lord, that they would not struggle to surrender, but they would come to that place of giving their all to you. Lord, we need you. We desire you. And Lord, we know that you are at work in us, even giving us that desire. So Lord, we want to go all the way with you. We don't want to go halfway with you. We don't want to take one step and then stop, but we want to move forward. We want to grow. Holy Spirit, today we say we are open to change.